Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to their episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in wiser. Oh, good. My name is Summer Jaeger, which means hunter in German. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that as far as this fall goes, the fall of 2018, 2018 years since... The 2018th year of our Lord. <laughs> Is that even right? I don't no. even know how to use I that. I don't even think that's right. Could you put that in um, Roman numerals? You know, the X's and the I's and the V's? Because I couldn't. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> I'd have to Google oh, that. <laughs> you have to Google it? <laughs> well, I'm... I think I could do it with my own brain, but... <laughs> Google as opposed to someone else. Google is brain. a brain yeah. that makes me Google. not have to use my own brain, which can which sometimes is, be a good thing right. and sometimes I'm a bad thing. I'm still typing Google documents into my Google card <laughs> <laughs> when I need to get to those. Anyway, Joy, I just want you to know that as far as this fall goes, your impending nuptials have made it one of my most exciting falls ever <laughs> since 1989. But I imagine, I think maybe um, your husband would also want you to say that last year's fall was pretty good. No, I was careful. Because you also got... I was careful. I said one of my one favorites. Of, okay. Like, very specifically. See, what I imagined was you actually, like, every time you say fall, I <laughs> keep thinking of, like, the actual act of falling. Me too. This has been one of my best falls. Hardly any skin Bruising. abrasions. I'm fine. Yeah. I still can't go up and down the stairs normally since my car accident, but I haven't fallen yet. So <laughs> your face just got so sad. I You're know. like, oh, yeah, that's sad. It is sad. Because I have stairs in my house. I know you do have a rather large staircase. <laughs> I know. It's all right. I haven't fallen yet. I have to go down so slowly that... I think I'll be fine. I'm fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. fine. Everyone, I'm, just developing we'll keep some you updated, arthritis guys, in my knee. It's good. About when everything's fine. Summer falls. <laughs> She'll live stream it. Yeah. I'll make sure to go live as I'm headed right. down. Yeah. yeah. Everything's good. I'm fine. My knee feels great. <laughs> mm. Oh. I know. Well, okay. So you're right. <laughs> we just talked about a lot of things. So, you're impending right. nuptials, but I did I did say that you're joy. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah I yeah. think I think that's okay. That's a correct statement. I covered that part. Um, but I am joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Summer. <laughs> I almost and just Summer... called you Joy Jaeger. <laughs> kind of. If we were in G Germany, Germany. <laughs> What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> it's trying to do so many things. Like, think of Roman numerals. That's why I'm I need sorry. Google. I'm sorry. I need Google to just outsource some of the stuff. <laughs> some of it. Someone send us this, how you would write 2018 in Roman numerals so we don't have to do it. Or call the voicemail. Oh, yeah. 470-465-0475. I finally know that number. I just want you to know, Summer, 
that you are so good at remembering the voicemail number. <laughs> Thank you. So much better than me. I have it down now. Mm-hmm. Down pat. The confidence is there. Yeah. I say it too fast so you can't actually call it. Right. You're welcome. Slow it down. Listen to that portion of the show at halftime speed. Right. But not the rest of it because we sound really odd. If you want a good laugh, listen to it at half speed. Right. Or two times speed. Or, yeah, whatever you want. Just uh, listen to whatever you want. Um, Is that your compliment? Yeah. But I know that the voice that was actually, that was I have wrote. that written down before the conversation even happened. Man. And then I saw, I saw uh, a way to like set myself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really overachieved I today. It's really, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> um, so, hey, last week we talked about biblical. Oh, wait, were you going to tell me that thing? You said you had a funny story to tell me, and oh, I don't know what I you're talking about. I had a funny question to ask you. Oh, okay, do it. Um, okay, so are you ever talking to someone, or even if you're not talking to someone, you're just living your life and talking to myself? All of a sudden, you get afraid that, like, what if someone you know can read your mind <laughs> and they've just never said anything because, <laughs> you know, they've had that power their whole life and they've learned to not say anything about it? Um, Sometimes, so, so the thing with my husband is sometimes I'll make a face and he'll know exactly what I'm thinking. Right. And that really freaks me out. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that <clears throat> is scarier than sometimes I make a face and he says what he thinks I'm thinking and it's like the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. of what I'm actually thinking. Yeah. So it's like, well, wait, which one of these? <laughs> right. You can't read my mind and then not be able to do it also. <laughs> that's not fair. No, that's, that doesn't happen to me. But I just mean, me. like, sometimes I'm talking to someone and I think, what if this person could read my mind right now? <laughs> they know I just thought that. Are they, like, going <laughs> to indicate in, in any way that they know that I know that they know? Uh-huh. Okay, so and that's... then I think of all our past conversations and I'm like, have I ever thought anything crazy while I was talking to them? Is it a proximity thing? Do I have to be close or can they just read my mind all the time? I think that's really, par you're really paranoid, but I have a paranoia. It's different. Okay. Here's my paranoia. Sometimes I'll be like walking by a hard surface, like a table or a counter. And for no reason at all. I will be afraid that I'm just going to fall. Like my face is just going to plant. I think that all the time. Into this table, mm -hmm. like without my doing it. Right. Which is, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Right. But sometimes I'll think, what if I just fell right now? Like you phys you would have to physically try to do right. what is yes happening in your brain. Is, it's an irrational fear. It's the right. same thing. It's the same reason why I'm afraid of heights because... It's not like when I'm standing, I regularly just fall. But if I'm standing on top of something tall, mm -hmm. I will be afraid that I'm going to fall. So it's irrational. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It's like if you went to the Grand Canyon, you're not just going to fall in. Right. But you stand near the edge and you become afraid. Right. That you, you imagine might. the right. series of events that would lead up to you right. falling, falling and being gone forever. I don't know if that's a one-to-one -one comparison of my irrational, what if I fall into this table fear? No, I have that. I imagine, I imagine those things happening. It makes zero sense. And usually the, I usually imagine, yeah, like falling into something face first, specifically yeah. teeth first. Ouch. Right. And just like all my teeth being gone. I also walk when, like when you walk over a grate and oh, you're like, right. what if I just dropped my keys in there? Right. If I, right. 
Where if you're standing on a bridge or something, you're like, what if I just drop my entire purse over this? <laughs> and like, yes. it's secured on me and all yes. my most important things are on there. So yes. like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not <laughs> drop my purse over there. Right. But what I imagine in my head is just being like, <laughs> goodbye, know. like drop, like I holding know. it over the edge. It makes no sense. And just dropping it and being like, it makes there no it sense. goes. I know. I have seen cars drive over grates. And then for some reason, when I step on it, I'm like, what if this falls through? It makes no sense. It's irrational. Like it can hold the weight of a car. I think I can right. step on it for half a second. Right. <laughs> but, you know. Do we just let everyone know? I, does everybody do this? I think everyone does it. Are you reading my mind right now? Uh, no, I promise. I promise. Are you sure? Because <laughs> you know a lot of secrets I'm and you're just being real polite about it. I'm sure. It's because you told me. You tell me your secrets. That's true. <laughs> That's true. My pastor's wife, she explicitly, this is something that you know about me. She will tell people when they need to contact me not to call me, just to text me. Right. Like, and now, like, I have ladies at my church who are like, hey, um, so I'm going to text you about, <laughs> and they're, like, very careful just to let me know that they're only going to text it's me. It's funny how those little pieces of information go like, around. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's great. It's That's great. Sometimes you have to do the phone call thing, but I don't know why we're talking about this. This is so entertaining, isn't it? Right. You guys are having the Well, for the some people, time. it's not. You guys are having the best time ever. No, be right? sure and let us know. <clears throat> or not. Um, so, hey. <laughs> so, hey. Last week, we talked about biblical inerrancy. This week, we're going to talk about something that builds off of that. Because, because we believe, if you say because a certain way, it's like a connector mm-hmm. or the beginning of a sentence. And I just right. chose the wrong one. Sorry. Because <laughs> we believe <laughs> scripture is inerrant and sufficient. Um, we have no neutrality on the topic of counsel, what makes counsel wise, how to know you're getting wise counsel. We have very, we have a very, um, I sometimes I'll get in trouble for things I say on the internet because people are like, this is too narrow and you know, sometimes sometimes this and that doesn't things don't have to be Christian and I'm just like you know I am totally that person where I completely believe that Jesus is supreme and I have actually one view on what constitutes wisdom right I do think um that when the world gets it right it's because it's in alignment with scripture (laughs) That's right. The world does often. Yeah. It's 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 there. Mm -hmm. We know that there is not a single person on the planet that doesn't know of God. Correct. Um, Romans one. Right. So it makes absolute sense that the biggest hater of God will say things that are that are true that do line up with scripture because they're made in the image of God. Right. Oh, I do think like discernment is very important there. Mm -hmm. If you're seeking wise counsel and you go to someone who is, who gives worldly advice Mm -hmm. or who um, is of the world, Mm -hmm. who, who suppresses the truth and unrighteousness, Mm -hmm. you you are going to have to be more careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, how do we how do we know what is wise? How do we know what right. is wisdom? Well, and this is a big thing that I was talking about when I reviewed Rachel Hollis's book, 
not to beat a, a dead horse, I just think this is an excellent example of a time when um, someone wants to give helpful advice. I think I think Rachel Hollis really wants to help people. But the problem is, is that her wisdom, because it is not rooted in scripture, it is not wise. It's a lot of half truths, untruths, almost truths, um, or there are occasionally times where she says something that's biblical, but it's dressed up in something else. Mm -hmm. It's made to look like something else. Um, and so it's actually because of that really dangerous. I think being almost right, right. Is really, really dangerous. Well, and that's what I mean. Like it takes, it takes discernment that you may not want to risk having to have. Right. If you are really going through something mm -hmm. and you're looking for counsel, mm -hmm. you may not want to risk having to take everything this person says with a grain of salt right. or leaving your your meeting or your your coffee date or your counseling appointment right. and then having to go line up everything they said right. with scripture. Right. So I think it's okay. I think it's okay to be discerning while someone is giving you counsel and it's okay to be discerning about who you go to counsel for. Right. I also want to start out by saying um, that if you know, so if the scripture is our authority for wisdom um, and you attend a church that you prayerfully sought out um, and visited and you go there because you thought about it and you measured what they believe with what you believe and what the Bible says, I think that um, one of the absolute best places that you can get wise counsel are the elders yes. of your church. Yes. I just want to like start out by saying that because yeah. um, it can feel and I don't I don't want to give too many qualifiers because a lot of people uh, don't go to churches that are all that great. They may go to a church mm -hmm. where um, the elder doesn't have time to meet with everyone because their church is larger. Mm -hmm. and so you sh my advice would be to go to a church where you have access to your elders. Yeah. I cannot make you do that. Yeah. So if, so when I say go to your elders, if that's not good advice for you, mm -hmm. uh, because you attend a church where you don't have access to your elders mm -hmm. or your elders aren't committed to teaching the word, mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot I can say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I hope mm -hmm. that you're in a position yeah. to go to your elders for wise counsel. Yeah. And that would be, if it doesn't, I, d I don't know each and every individual person who's listening to this and I don't know what your situation is or what your elders are like, but I hope that if you are looking for wise counsel, they would be the one of the first places yes. you could go. Yes. Yes. I have been so, so blessed my entire 29 years mm -hmm. on the planet to have sat under elders who give biblical counsel. Right. And I can't even tell you the amount of times that being able to speak with my elders about certain issues has, I mean, this sounds dramatic, but it has been, it has altered the course of my life. Right. They have been given a specific charge and they're in a role yeah. that most people are not. Right. 
Um, so I cannot say, I'm not going to go ahead and say that all pastors are full of wisdom because right. we know that that's just not true. Right. What I am going to say is that I hope your elders are. Right. And if they are. Yeah. It is their, they have a commitment to you. Right. To shepherd you. Right. And be an overseer. Yes. Um. So they should care they Mm do i'm just gonna go ahead and say this as though everyone attends a healthy church okay they do care right they have a commitment to you Mm -hmm. as a member of the body Mm -hmm. to where they 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 want they by being your pastor they have said i want to counsel you wisely yes and it is a it's a it's a part of shepherding right christ's sheep which Mm -hmm. is a heavy job yes very heavy anyway this episode is not about your elders but i just wanted to start out by saying (laughs) that well i think that's important and another aspect to consider i'm thankful for a friend of mine who who talked to me about this um she was talking about the importance of being in the scriptures as a believer so that when other believers, when other members in your church come to you, you can give wise counsel. And she was telling me how there are there are believers in churches that she used to be a part of where she wouldn't even go to them when she needed counsel because they never had biblical counsel to give. And so she considers it an act of love to her fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord to to herself be in the word so that she can give wise counsel that she can give counsel to the body. If they come to her, to friends, if they come to her, to family, if they come to her, that is going to build them up and point them to Christ. And I was like, wow, that's a really great point. Like being a lot of times we think of being in the word for our, for ourselves, which is true and valid and necessary. But it's like, yeah, if you aren't in the word, no one should come to you for counsel. No one should come to you. You can't give wise counsel um, if you're not in the word. And again, Joy and I, we don't believe there's any neutrality. Like either you're giving wise biblical counsel or you're giving foolish worldly counsel. Like either you're basing your advice on scripture or you're borrowing from the world. And like we already said, there are times where the world borrows from scripture. Um well, but, and that's that's the way it happens, not the other way around. Right, right. And pretty much all of all of my notes for today, everything I wanted to bring to the table is from First Corinthians one, um, which we've spoken of before. Um, and you know, starting in verse eighteen, he's Paul's talking about how the message of the cross is foolishness to the world. Um, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? And so this whole section is creating a wall between what the world thinks is wise and what Christians know is wise, which is the wisdom of God. Um, And then in verse 22, he says, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, 
both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Um, and then a couple of verse, verses later, we're just straight up told that, um, but of him speaking, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. Like there's no neutrality, you guys. Like this isn't, this isn't optional. Wisdom. It wasn't like before the creation account, it wasn't God and wisdom like floating around right. in the universe. Right. No, it, <laughs> it wasn't. It has an origin. Yes, wisdom, wisdom has, has, an, has origin. an origin. And you have direct access to him through the blood of Christ. Right. And we're given wisdom in the word. Again, I think I bring this up like every other episode or maybe every episode, but second Peter tells us that we have been given all things for life and godliness. Do you believe that when you want counsel, when you're making decisions, do you actually believe that scripture can direct and guide that? And it's like, Okay, so scripture does not have a Bible verse on whether or not you should take a certain job over another one. Right. But scripture has guiding principles for how to choose your direction in life. Mm -hmm. And you can... It says that you should work. It said that you should work. It says that you should love God, love neighbor. Mm -hmm. It says that you should do all things for the glory of God. So here's a question. Can you take this job to the glory of God? Can you take this job and love God, love neighbor. Can you take this job and work? These are the things you should ask yourself, but ultimately it's like, uh, give glory to God and live your life. Right. Like we don't need to seek out some kind of secret Bible verse or <clears throat> sorry, pray some like weird magical prayer to unlock something. There are no extra words from God to you telling you exactly what to do and you don't need them right we have the wisdom of scripture to make these determinations and so well so i want to talk about something really quick i'm going to ask you a question Ooh. okay so does that mean that if someone comes to you for counsel you should just only read them scripture <laughs> um no no I mean, like there's, like I said, there's not a Bible verse for every situation, but if ultimately our counsel to someone doesn't push them to Christ or push them to a position where they can be glorifying God, then it's useless. Right. Like it's just, it's either you're either serving God or you're serving yourself you're serving God or you're serving man. No slave can have two masters. So the when someone comes to you with something that they want counsel on, your counsel needs to best reflect God's truth, God's wisdom. And if you really want to love that person, then you are going to push them towards Christ. If right. you don't love them, then, I mean, let them do whatever they want, I guess. Yeah, I mostly just ask that to make a clarification, which is that uh, counsel can look very different. You can sit down and ask someone a question and they can say yes or no <laughs> can be as a part of a conversation. Um, it, it can look a little bit different 
depending on who you're talking to and sure. what you're talking about. And I'm certainly not going to recommend that you just read verses to the person who's <laughs> crying in front of you. Sure. Um, I'm not saying that that verses and scripture are not sufficient to right. handle that. Right. But you can also be human yeah. and have a gentle, loving yeah. touch. Um, I think that... Uh, well, part of wisdom is going to be responding in wisdom. Right. As, you know, we do have uh, scriptures that talk about, you know, for everything, it's time. Certain words belong in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to respond differently to someone who is broken and mourning. Then you're going to respond to someone who is in rebellion, who's unrepentant. These, we need to use wisdom and, and discern and understand the situation. But ultimately I would say if someone is broken and crying, they need the hope that only Christ can offer. And if someone you say that isn't, word for word scripture is going to be an outpouring of that. Yeah. And if someone is in rebellion and unrepentant, they still need Christ. Like, so it's in both situations, it's, it's always fitting to give them Christ, but it depends on, uh, you know, where they're at. What does this person actually need? Right. Like if someone is truly broken, give them, the hope of Jesus. If someone is truly unrepentant and in rebellion, give them the fear of God. I mean, ultimately (laughs) you're giving them the same thing from different directions. I think. Well, and that's what I, another, I just had this written in my notes and these, this really more applies to how to receive wise counsel. Well, yeah. Um, and, and you know, the principle is there for how to give good counsel, but, Mm -hmm. um, if you are if you are looking for wise counsel you may it may require that you be humbled mm-hmm. um so be ready for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and also one thing that i think we don't i was just thinking about this do you ever so typically like our inner monologue we have this voice going on all the time it's us and we're thinking um and do you are there things that you think about so much that you just think everyone knows but you've literally never said like you don't realize yes. you said it so much to yourself that you don't realize yes. that you you haven't said it out loud yes <laughs> so i think in order to be a good recipient of wise counsel you have to be able to be honest yeah. And you have to be willing to share the details surrounding what you're seeking counsel over. Yeah. Um, cause it, and sometimes it is innocent enough. Sometimes there is a concealment. Like I'm going to come to you and ask you for counsel over my sin. But what I'm not going to tell you is how active my sin is, how much I'm not fighting it. Right. That's, dis, that's dishonesty, like just very intentionally. Yeah. And sometimes we just think, oh, well, I've just been dealing with this thing for such a long time that. Doesn't everybody like, know? Does I'm dealing everyone with this? just know? Isn't it all over my face? Don't you just know the details and what I'm thinking and what <laughs> right. I'm feeling? Yeah. Um, and so a person can only give you 
counsel based off of what they know. They can't read your mind. And I didn't even intend for the converse, for the question I asked earlier to relate <laughs> to this topic in any way. Right. But they really can't they can't read your mind. And so if you walk away and you feel like see so first I mean there you go. Wise counsel is not based on how you feel about it. Right. But if if you feel like you have a question that's not answered, my question to you would be, did you really tell them what's going on? Did you really tell? Right. Did you cuz they can only give you counsel based off of the information that you gave them. And that's another important point that you just hit on that I wasn't even going to go that direction, but wise counsel isn't based off of your feelings. Right. So although I would say, yes, you're going to approach a broken person and a unrepentant rebellion person, person in two different ways, but those may be the same person. They might be the same person and you're not going to counsel them according to their feelings. You still need to counsel them according to what scripture says about who they are, where they're at, what their feelings are. Right. There's no, again, there's no neutrality when it comes to wisdom. There is no neutrality. Like if the world has anything good to say, they've borrowed it from scripture. Right. So you don't need it. I mean, we say the same thing about feminism. Yeah. We say the same thing about uh, feminism. So many things. <laughs> about, I mean, we do. We're just, just you guys, there's no neutrality. And we believe that in all areas. Like, you know, well, there's no shame. There is absolutely no shame with going. <laughs> It's okay. Um, there's no shame in um, needing help to decipher the wisdom mm-hmm. of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's no shame in receiving wise counsel. Mm-mm. Not at all. Nope. We all, the, the scholars of our age need counsel. Yes. It is a very, very human thing. You can only do so much in your own head. Well, you're not infinitely wise. Right. And you need Jesus. Right. Everyone needs Jesus. Yes. Even the scholars. <laughs> according it's true. to Joy. It's Even true. the scholars. You heard need it here. Jesus. Even the scholars. <laughs> so my encouragement is that dwell on dwell on the fact that God is wise. That the infinite creator of the universe is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. And if we want to be like him, we need to know the word. We have to model what it tells us. And he is a a father who loves you and cares for you and wants you to look more and more like his son. Um, And ultimately if your counsel sounds the counsel you give others the counsel you tell yourself um if it sounds more like the world than it does like scripture then i think what you are saying is you don't actually believe what scripture says about what wisdom is what is good what is true what is right so you might acknowledge with your mouth that yeah scripture is good and it has wisdom in it But if it is not the source of your wisdom, then what do you even really believe about scripture or the world? That's all I got. Me too. (laughs) I think we covered it. I hope that helps with the um, discussion we're going to have next week, because without this discussion, everything we say next week will be meaningless. (laughs) So (laughs) that is it for this week and we will see you guys next week. See ya.